Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of minus 18 degrees in Edmonton, minus 15 degrees in Saskatoon, and 10 degrees in Toronto. Thank you so much for that, Everly. Thanks, weather girl. Good morning, everybody. We're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join us on the app and uh, and be a part of the live show. We're also broadcasting live on Facebook as well, just for the just to give um, Zuck some love. Uh, but uh, the, the live show on Podbean is where it's at. That's where you can get involved in the chat. That's where you can click that call in button. Uh, and, and call into the show and literally uh, ask any questions about real estate investing for free, free coaching every morning. Okay, do it, do it. Why, why, why are you paying big money to be in some dumb group and not get your questions answered? It's free. It's free every morning, right there. I'm pointing at it. <laughs> and and for those of you guys that are here, <clears throat> Nathan, Ryan, Jared, Kirsten, Brooker. Amanda, Chris, Justin, Alan. Uh, ask some questions today. Get your questions answered, right? You guys all want it, right? You, you, they want it, don't they? I, 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 I think so. Success. Yeah. Properties, cash flow, net worth. I don't think they wake up at glory five or six a.m. and join on a live real estate investing podcast first thing in the morning because they don't want it. I think they want it. I think they want it. I think they want it. You know who else wants it? Kyle wants it. Yeah, he does. I see you sneaking in there. Joshua. Glenn wants it. <laughs> Ken wants it. He wants <laughs> it. He wants it real it. bad. So does Chris. <laughs> Chastin wants it. Uh, oh, Glenn's already got a question. Damn. Perfect. Nice. Choosing between renting my house versus short-term Airbnb. Ooh, good question. Is that the house um, uh, back in Ontario? Glenn never emailed me. I tried adding Glenn on Facebook. Glenn, Glenn, says, Glenn, Glenn. No, not a chance. So let's just keep he's a, this. He's a private man. Okay. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I, I will get to that question here just very shortly. Thank you for adding that in there. He just, oh, Glenn just got to Edmonton last night. Nice. Welcome. After a long drive, you come in for the morning show. Is that what? What is that the strategy he's going to be implementing here in Edmonton? The I, bird? I said, "Welcome, it's cold." <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, welcome, well, welcome to Edmonton. Um, what does he say here? Tammy's here as well. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, if you want it, um, go get it. <laughs> Glenn learned about a block heater today. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I was um, I was telling Gabby yesterday, uh, 
that um, I don't really need to, to to go anywhere. That's <laughs> that's one of the cool things about being a full time real estate investor um, and an absent uh, husband and father. Um, <clears throat> I don't really go anywhere, <laughs> and I don't have to go anywhere. And I'm like, okay, I need a I need a haircut. And for those of you guys that are watching on Facebook, I'm wearing a, when you when you see Wayne wearing a hat, that means he hasn't gone for a haircut. Um, I don't need to do anything else. I. Are you gonna like order one of those barbers to come to your house Is this that a winter? Thing? Well, I mean, I know that. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. If it's not a thing, it's a new business idea. No, it's a thing. Um, I know people. I know of people actually in barbers. our community. I don't know if they do men's hair or not, but barbers, hairdressers, like the Uber for barbers. <laughs> Can I call it boobers? <laughs> no. No, <laughs> I there's an Uber for everything. Uh, Brad has not been on the show in a very long time, uh, but he's here today. Glenn says, me and my wife have been listening for months and encouraged to take the plunge. I have a great start to this story. And when I get internet, I'll call in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Glenn, uh, hopefully we get to see you on uh, Saturday as well at the uh, Fix and Flip Bus Tour. Um, we're hosting one of the stops there for Calvin Realty's Fix and Flip Bus Tour on this Saturday. Uh, 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 is that the 12th? Yes. If you're interested in, in uh, registering for that, just go to calvinrealty.ca. Register. Uh, it's like 25 bucks and a toy. Toy goes to the Ronald McDonald House. Uh, four stops on the Fix and Flip Tour. We are one of them. Um, if you guys have uh, seen uh, Wilson and Jess, Wilson Pavin on the uh, morning show here some mornings. Uh, I don't know if he's here today. Uh, he'll be hosting his uh, Fix and Flip project as well. So you get mm -hmm. to meet Wilson. Um, Wilson, the little stinker. Actually, the big stinker. He's very tall. <laughs> very intimidating. Um, the the tour starts at 9 a.m. and goes until 4 p.m., I believe. And then there's like an after after party, after everybody goes and eats dinner, has a couple drinks. Um, so Glenn works until 3 p.m. on Saturday. So he, he just got it. here and he's already working on a Saturday? Good for you. <laughs> well, aren't him and she, his she wife nurses? She admires your work ethic. <laughs> aren't him and his wife nurses? Yes. Yeah, okay. So, of Is, course, they have had jobs lined up, I'm guessing. and Okay. Well, shift work. Like yeah. working right away. All right. Fair enough. Um, do we have any other ways to meet them in the near future? <laughs> Uh, well, not the following weekend. We haven't we haven't announced anything else, um, any other meetups. I would like to have. Hmm, we can't have one at Parkview because it's staged now. We're not gonna have we're not gonna have meetups at our at our at our flips when they're staged. Yeah, I'm not letting you. You and you your greasy people and your greasy little kids into our staged properties. <laughs> I'm just joking, you guys. Um, but uh, well, I'm not. Well, that Tweddle, that Tweddle property that's going to be on the uh, Fix and Flip bus tour uh, should be done. So maybe, maybe, maybe two weeks from now we'll have a meet up. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, I did decide. I made a decision. We were talking a lot about decisions yesterday, right? Yeah. I did decide that uh, the boot camp that I've been talking about for ages uh, it has been announced, and it has been confirmed. And it's it's going, been announced. Uh, 
No, actually, it hasn't been announced, but it's been confirmed. <laughs> it will be announced. I, that's just something I got to do today. Oh, okay. um, from the comfort of my warm home. Uh, November 19th, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, we're going to be doing our one-day boot camp basic training for real estate investors. There will be push-ups. There will be pull-ups. There will be... No, there won't. Um, but this, we're going to go over the basics. Yes. The fundamentals for real estate investing. Um now, the funny thing about our basics, our basic training is it's, it's actually quite advanced. Um, I might have to might have to trim it down a little bit because um, the last time we did it, we did it over five days, two hours a night. So Monday through Friday, um, two hours for for five days. Those five days, mm-hmm. um, it was it was a lot of work though. We added a lot of homework and stuff like that. So I'm gonna have to trim it down to make it into a one day. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna be phenomenal. Uh, it, how many of you guys uh, on the live show and on Facebook here? How many of you guys were at the last boot camp back in May? Um, feel free to put in the comments there and and let me know what you thought. Um, we dive into everything, everything. It was so long ago that like, and I mean, I I I, pre- I presented it. I don't even remember it. <laughs> Really? Yeah. So we need to do them more often. Okay. Well, that's a great one for uh, for Glenn there, and and uh, and for anyone else who's uh, new to real estate investing that wants to get the basics, and also for those of you that are you know seasoned investors, uh, experienced investors that want to get um, back to the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you've been taking one too many webinars, and and you know um, you know three step formula BS courses and. And just trying to take the easy route, you know, trying to get, you know, um, to 100 doors in a, in a weekend, you know, those kind of dumb webinars. Um, you need to get back to the basics to, to really, truly figure out, you know, how am I going to go about doing this? Mm-hmm. Let's just st- stick to the basics. Mm-hmm. I, For those of you guys that know me, for those of you guys that are in the master's mentorship program, uh, you know I am all about keeping it simple. Okay? Do not overcomplicate it. Just keep it simple. Focus on the things that are most important, and that is your goals – where you want to be in life and trying to get there is, is easy and as simply and as, as quickly as possible um, without overcomplicating things. Right. So uh, November 19th, um, you will get information on that here today. Worst case tomorrow. <laughs> um, you I'm always just- overpromise and under deliver. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'm waiting. I'm waiting on a few people, um, uh-huh. uh, promo graphics, that kind of stuff, just uh, getting, getting gotcha. all that stuff. So I am, uh, Oh, you well, did work yesterday. Yeah, I worked yesterday. <laughs> I barely did. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So fix and flip uh, bus tour this Saturday, following Saturday, basic training boot camp for real estate investors. That's what we got coming up. Uh, how about a quick little commercial break where we can get back to uh, Glenn's question and anything else we have in the comments. And guys, get your questions in the There's comments. There's a few questions in the comments. Good, 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 good. Okay, we'll be back in a minute. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash-flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. 
To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash albertabuyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. Okay, we are back. Yo. Uh, pardon? I said yo. <laughs> Don't make me get the squirt bottle. Gabby was a little, uh, was a little wiry yesterday. Um, wiry yeah it's that's the best word i can come up with at this hour wow okay okay glenn's question choosing between renting my house versus short-term airbnb um <clears throat> two separate businesses right yes um which is the easiest business to get up and running quickly and also um oh god there's so many things to consider yeah um are you already gone? <laughs> I mean, so Airbnb short-term rentals require staging. So that's going to cost you, I don't know if Carlos is on today, somewhere between 20, 15 to $25,000 for staging. Um, you got to get all your cleaners and, and your, you know, your booking stuff all set up. Uh, if you are planning on doing this yourself, it's a lot of work, you know, confirming your guests, getting all the, you know, I think that alone right there, if, like if you're confirming people for two to seven days at a time um, and like when someone wants to book it, you got to go search them on Facebook really quickly, that kind of stuff. It's a lot of work um, as opposed to like, you know, finding a tenant is like, like a long-term tenant. It's like maybe one to two weeks worth of work, right? No, no more than a month's worth of work. And then you don't really do much for like a year only when like something happens mm -hmm. um short-term rentals is like you're literally working every single day uh unless of course you build a team and at at small scale it's hard to build a team it's hard to hire like a booking agent um it's, har it's hard to keep one cleaner busy you know what i mean unless of course you had lots of properties where you could have a cleaner just constantly working at all of your properties but you know you're kind of at the mercy of their schedule um it sounds intimidating if you've, I, I don't know if you've ever taken a short-term rentals course or anything like that. Um, I think that um, long-term rental would be easier just for like getting started and getting up and running. Um, take a course on short-term rentals and then determine whether short-term rentals is a, a good long-term strategy for you. Uh, I'm not a fan of dabbling. Okay. I'm not a fan of just being like, oh, let's try short-term rentals on this one. Um, no, I'm a, like, build a business model and stick to it and build that business out, automate it, then work on the next business or work on improving that business. Right. So, um, I think long-term rentals would be easier. However, um, there is a few more things to consider like the property, where it is, is it good for short-term rentals? Um, is, is your property, you know, maybe they bought the property. Can you keep an eye on the comments for me? Maybe they bought the property as their home and now they're moving and they want to rent it out. It's a great opportunity to make it a rental, but that not every house makes a good rental property, right? Not every house should be a rental. And that's because not every house is financed properly with enough, you know, uh, with a low enough mortgage and good enough terms, you know, um, the rent may not support the, that particular, you know, that property type in that area with those expenses. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people try and force a, a property into being a rental when it's not meant to be financially. 
mathematically. So if that's the case and you, you still need to support the expenses, then maybe a short-term rental might be better to offset those high expenses because there's uh, higher uh, revenue with short-term rentals. Lots to consider, Glenn. Um, hopefully that gives you lots of information um, as to what to do about that. Um, if you get a chance, um, you know, keep tuning in live every day. Glenn, Glenn says he has not taken a course and agrees with everything you're saying, hence why he's here every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm very interested in short-term rentals. I'm very interested in it. I have been for a very long time. Um, but I try not to dabble. If I'm going to build a short-term rental business, I'm going to build a short-term rental business. Uh, I'm not just going to like throw one of my properties into it because I just feel like it would be too distracting. I've got a really good system. And just like our fix and flip businesses here, if you guys have been listening for a while, I didn't dabble in fix and flips. I said, I'm going to build a fix and flip business and I want to do 20 fix and flips a year and I want it to be automated. I don't want to have to spend more than four hours a week on it. And that's what we worked on this year. That's why all the content you saw was all fix and flips. The year prior, I was working on my seller financing business. The year prior to that, we were working on uh, Burrs. Burrs? No, that was the, you were forgetting about the blip. Oh, it was the blip. Okay. <laughs> Before the blip, we were working on burrs. We started accumulating more um, long-term rentals again. We were focusing on joint venture capital around that time. So I try and focus on one thing at a time. You know, before that, I was working on agreement for sales. So try and stay focused to one thing. Um, at least that's the way that I do it. Because I find if you do, you know, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. This is where people start floating. Mm -hmm. It's where people start floating around and not really doing anything. But if you made a decision, I'm going to make this property a short-term rental and then I'm going to buy 10 more rental or sorry, 10 more properties and make them SDRs. I think that you're way more focused. So if you wanted to do that, I would say, okay, first things first, go take a course. How much does the course cost? $750. Okay, cool. Will that course give you the answer that you need in order to build the business that you need to build? Yes. Is there a cheaper way of doing it? Is there a cheaper course? No. Okay, go take the $750 course. Go take it. Once you've taken it, then go and implement it. Build your business model. Figure out how you're going to finance them. Well, I can't go and buy all of them myself because bank lenders do not use short-term rental income um, towards debt servicing. I'm sure a few of you guys that have looked into short-term rentals have learned that before. Um, when you go to qualify for your next property and they ask you to debt service your previous properties, the ones you already own, they will not calculate, they will not include um, your rental income from Airbnb. It has to be long-term rental income. So anyone for anyone that's bought one or two properties and turned them into short-term rentals, they've been like, whoa, wait a second, so I can't buy another property? Well, they're like, you can, but you have to service the debt yourself with your own personal income. Okay. I was going to ask, like, do they take into consideration that it is being rented and you can show, hold on, let me finish my question before you start whipping your head around. <laughs> um, would they do like a rent appraisal or anything like that? No. No? Some circumstances, yes. Um, if you didn't have a lease... Right? So That's what did, I'm talking about. You don't did, have a lease because it's a short-term rental. Yeah, but you'd be lying. No, like my question is, 
they would know it's a short-term rental. You can show the income from it. Would they at that point consider say, okay, I understand you're running a short-term rental business. You have this income, yada, yada. We will do a rent appraisal and finance you based on whatever that says. To my understanding, no. Okay. Um, and I also know that once you get to a certain point, the the banks, I don't know if they're all asking for it now, but they're starting to ask for T1s from the previous year. They want to see your taxes from the previous year. Um, so you can get away with it for one calendar year, but until the next year, they're going to want to see your T1s from last year to show that you actually were renting it and not market rent appraisals. Um, and at that point, it's like you don't have the long-term rental income to show, right? They want to see the lease and they want to see the corresponding um, yeah. uh, rental income from the previous year. So... Anyways, uh, what I was trying to get at was that, okay, if I can't finance them myself, then what I need is I need partners. So I need partners to be able to go and buy the properties, right, to finance them. And then I'll joint venture partner with them. Okay, well, how many properties can each partner get? Eh, around two or three before, you know, we start to, you know, before they start asking for more than market rent appraisals. Okay, cool. That means I need three joint venture partners to do three properties, right? And you can just start working your way backwards. That's how I would do it. That's how I would build it. And I would just focus solely on that. Take the course, 750 bucks, build the model, figure out how to finance it, figure out how many joint venture partners I need, and then go and get the joint venture partners. That's it. That's all I would do. That's keeping it simple, like I was talking about earlier. Keep it simple. Right? Don't go work on other things. Just that is it. Those five things. If you can just focus on those five things. Okay, and when you get to the point where you need joint venture partners, how am I going to find these joint venture partners? Okay, let's organize all of my leads. Let's start doing calls. Let's meet for coffees. Let's start putting out content every day about short-term rentals and the benefits of it and the high cash flow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a startup for a business. So you need to treat it like a business. And don't be afraid to invest in yourself. That's a rant that I was saving for later this week. The people that say, oh, oh, I don't know if I should say it or not. They're probably listening. Lots of people are probably listening. So I get so many people reaching out on my DMs. They're like, hey, I saw you're a real estate investor coach or I saw you're a mentor. And they're like, how much is it? As soon as I hear that, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Because like as soon as you say it, they're going to be like, oh, that's a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be like, eh, it's not for you. Right. I mean, maybe it will be, maybe you're just, I just know they're not ready, right? Yeah. Um, everyone needs to be at a certain point where they make the decision that I need to invest in myself. But, you know, people are willing to go to school for three, four, five years, some more, right? And invest into their education to learn to do something. People are willing to go and pay for trade schools to get their tickets, to get paid more, but they're not willing to invest in their education for their business, mm -hmm. right? It's It's ridiculous. You're telling me that this whole thing, this is the most important thing to you. I want to quit my job and I want to do this real estate thing, but I don't want to pay a fucking penny. It's so ridiculous. And you need to get past that because, again, you're wasting time. You're floating. You're wasting time being stubborn. Invest into yourself. Get the information. Get the accountability. Get the support. And go see results faster. If, if you want it, right? If you want it, how many people want it? I, we are naming some names this morning. I know they want it. They're here this morning. Yeah. They want it. And it doesn't have to be masters. It could be any program. Just get the support you need and go and do it. Yeah. And that's the next thing is when you go and take that program, that mentorship, that coaching, implement it. You paid 
$20,000. It's time to get to work. Yeah. Right? But anyways, that's 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 ultimately how you do it. So um, I got off track there, uh, Glenn, sorry, about short-term rentals versus long-term rentals. But um, if I were to do a short-term rental business, I wouldn't dabble. I would build a short-term rental business. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, keep it simple and do long-term. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, Nathan has a question here for someone still new, someone still new starting out. Should I be looking to acquire rental properties for the long-term benefits or should I focus on active income and rentals later? That's a great question. Long-term rental properties are for building wealth. Okay. Long-term rental properties are for building wealth. Today is the day we're going to debunk everything. If you haven't heard this before, stop buying rental properties for cash flow to leave your job. Okay? In some cycles, you can get away with living off the cash flow. However, the amount of properties that you need and the amount of miracles you need in order for that to be successful... It's just, it, it, it's it's too many. It's too many and it's not worth it. It's not a good approach for leaving your job. If you want to live off the cash flow to, to leave your job, it's a bad idea. Use rental properties, long-term rental properties to build wealth. Use active income and in businesses to supplement your income for daily expenses. So it should be a very healthy combination. You need a business with active income or a side hustle. And then rental properties is, is what's going to make you wealthy in the long term. Because any one of you could be really successful and have a successful active income business and making two hundred dollars to $250,000 a year. Okay? that's that's That, that would be extremely successful, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah? But you're not going to be rich in the future. Yeah. Because most of us spend $150,000 a year. Actually, that's being nice. A lot, like the average income is is creeping up on 100K, right? And inflation just continues to keep rising as well. The cost of living is rising as well. So realistically, I think most middle class families need 150K in order to survive. So if you're making 200 to 250 and then taxes, yeah, right? There's not much money. Maybe you have an extra 50K a year, right? Most of you guys blow half of that on vacations, right? So you're not going to get wealthy if you make $200,000, $250,000 a year because you're not building anything in the background. You need money. You need to be able to make money while you sleep, right? You need to be able to build equity while you sleep. Rental properties is a great way to do that. Buy a handful or two handfuls of properties, okay? Manage them really well. And hold on to them for, do that for 30 years. I'm not going to say hold on to them for 30 years because you guys are going to say, oh, you're contradicting yourself. Um, Buy one, own it for 10 to 15 years, sell it, buy another one with the proceeds and do that for 30 years, right? You'll pay down the mortgage. The properties will appreciate really well over the next 30 years. You'll accumulate a a little bit of cash flow. 
in some circumstances, in some cycles, you should be able to spend that cash flow. There should be a, a surplus and you can take your you know family on a vacation or you can just keep putting it back into your property, right? And add into your reserves. But long-term rental properties are good for building wealth, for your inheritance, for your family, for your legacy. Active income or your job is what pays the bills. I was going to say, Wayne, I think that the... I think the standard way that people get into real estate investing is that they have a job, which is income, active income coming in. They have a job, they start saving money, they start buying properties. That's kind of the normal thing. And then once they've established that, they realize, oh, I don't want to work at my job anymore. Now I need to build a business that'll provide me active income so that I don't need to work at my job, right? That would be the standard way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if that's the standard way, but it's the usual way that people go about it. So if you don't have a job, then you need to either get a job or start building a business that'll provide you active income right away so that you can then buy properties, Yeah. right? You need money coming in to survive in order to start buying rental properties. I think it's important to add this because I don't normally say this. I think that all of you guys can buy rental properties. I think that all of you guys are capable of buying rental properties. Whether that be with your own money or whether that be, you know, talking with friends and family and partnering with them, doing a joint venture and buying those rental properties. I think all of you should be able to buy those handful or handfuls of two handfuls of properties. I think it's all, I think every single one of you is capable of doing that. Here's the truth. Not all of you are capable and built for building businesses. And you need to think long and hard about this, about am I the type of person that can build a business from scratch? Am I the type of person that can handle the stress of it? If you're not then go seek out mentorship or guidance to see if you can grow into that person. Everyone can grow into it. If you're not willing to invest in yourself to learn how to do that or to get the guidance on something like that or to to really start developing yourself into that person, then just stick to rental properties. And if you're going to do that, then I think that you need to make the decision today or soon that I'm just in it for rental properties to build net worth and wealth. And stop fooling yourself that you're going to be leaving your job. I'm going to repeat that. If you can't stomach building a business from scratch, the anxiety, the failure, by the way, if you build a business, you're going to fail four times before you have a good one. You're going to be on the brink of bankruptcy. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to lose a lot of money. If you can't stomach that, then stick to long-term rentals. And as I said a moment ago, long-term rentals is for building long-term wealth. If that's the case, then just stick to that and make a decision and stop dreaming about leaving your job. I'm saying this because I want to save you guys a whole lot of time. 
I'm saying this because I want you guys to just make a decision and have a good understanding of what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you're doing, then go get those 10 properties and then go back to your job. If you don't like your job, find another job that you do like or that you can stomach and enjoy your life. Right? If you buy 10 rental properties, you should have two or $3 million sitting there by the time you retire. You should be worth at least two or three million dollars on top of anything else that you've already built, RSPs or pension, etc. You're good. Should be more than two or three million dollars, to be honest. Not all of you are 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 built for building businesses. If you're not built for building businesses, reach out, book a coaching call with me, and I'll I'll talk to you. We can figure it out. I can ask you some questions. The reason I'm bringing this up, Gab, is because I'm scared. It bothers me that people, everyone thinks of real estate because I want to leave my job. It's not, it's not, it, it doesn't, that's not how yeah, it works. They don't go hand in hand. They don't go hand in hand. And to be honest, I thought it was too when I got started. Mm-hmm. Long-term real estate does, will not get you out of your job. How many people in the comments, let me know, and then I want to ask you as well, Gabby, how many people do you know that bought rental properties that that had enough cash flow to actually quit their job? And I'm talking about real people and not bullshit talkers. How many people do you know bought rental properties that have supported them leaving their jobs? Zero. I, I don't know one. I do not know one single person. Yeah. We own rental properties. There was a time when the cash flow covered it, yeah. but we also have businesses. The businesses is what I rely on. Yeah. Because I knew, because I knew years ago that this interest rate thing wouldn't last forever. I knew it was not sustainable. And I knew that I needed to build businesses in order to support my active income, sorry, to support my expenses. See me, I'm cut out for it. I know that. I've known for a very long time. This is what I do. And I have failed at a lot of ideas. A lot of ideas that I've implemented have not worked out. Gab, how many? At least 10? Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least 10. And a lot of stressful nights, a lot of nights where I lost sleep, experienced anxiety. For a confident person, that is extremely... That's painful. Miraculously, he's still married. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. If you don't know if you're cut out for it, then book a coaching call with me and we can spend an hour. We can talk. I can give you a few tips. I can ask you a few questions. Okay. And I will tell you, I'll be honest. And I don't want that to to feel bad. And you know what? If, If you leave the call... And thinking to yourself, fuck you, Wayne. I'll fucking show you. Great. Go show me. Please. I really hope that you do. I hope that I'm wrong. Because I don't want all of you. I don't want all of you to to, to have to suffer the grind any longer. I don't want you to have to go and do the job that you don't want to do every day. I don't want you to wake up and do things that, you, that don't fulfill you every day. I don't want that. But I also know that you're not the type of person 
most of you are not the type of people who have the guts to quit your job today and go all in on your dreams and your ideas, who are willing to make any phone call, any conversation to, to reach your, the outcomes that you need in order to reach your goals, to have a successful business. Because I watch many of you who sit here every morning and they don't even ask a question, but still complain. Just being real right now. You got two options right now. You can either stand up and do what it is that's right for you if you're cut out for it, or you make a change. It's three options. The third option is just make a decision that this isn't right for me. I'm going to buy 10 rental properties. I'm going to get this done over the next five years, and then I'm going to chill and relax. There is one person, I'm not going to name their name. There is one re- uh, person in our mentorship group, in the master's mentorship group. And this person also came out to one of our uh, cabin retreats last year. And this person made the decision before I even asked. They only want four rental properties. I say, you sure? That's it? That's all I want. I want four rental properties. And then I want to relax. Everything else is not for me. And sometimes I've tried to push this person just a little bit more, just to see, just to test this person out. You sure? You don't want to do this? Nope. I'm right where I want to be. And I'm just looking for guidance in order to get to that outcome. Those four properties. Because I want to pay off those mortgages. I want a little bit of cash flow. And I like doing what I do every day. And I'm more fucking proud of them than I am to the people that raise millions of dollars. Because they're honest. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what it is that they want. They know who, that, who they are. And I'll support the fucking shit out of them. That's amazing. When I heard that at the cabinet sheet, I was more blown away by them than the people that said, I want to be a multi-billionaire. I want to own big skyscrapers. Because I know those people are never going to reach it because they're not cut out for it. But this person right here knows exactly what it is that they want and who they are. They're going to live a fulfilled life because they do what they want every day. They do what makes them happy. Yeah. They live a fulfilling life. <laughs> Um, Eric has a question. Sure. What about multifamily real estate investing? Is there a way that scaling would generate enough cash flow to live off of? Or would the management of such a property just be another job? Who asked the question? Eric. Eric. Um, Eric, uh, we just did an introduction to multifamily investing mastermind this past weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, based on where rents are right now and the cost of buildings in most of the major cities, major areas, um, the cash flow is not enough. Now, I'm saying that generally speaking, and it is not just my opinion. So what I would like you to do is I'd like you to, at the very least, go take like a $50 or $100 multifamily course. Um, don't go spend $10,000 or $20,000 on some big program. What I want you to do is I want you to learn the basics on how to run the math and so you can do the math yourself because I ran the math years ago and I looked at it and I'm like, there's, there's, there's no opportunity here. Um, there's two ways that I look at opportunities in real estate with, with rental properties is either cash flow or ROI. Okay. Am I going after cash flow or am I going after ROI? The cash flow on multifamily buildings, unless they're in some little butthole town in the middle of nowhere 
with no industry and no, no economy, they don't cash flow. And I don't like investing in butthole towns with no economy and no jobs. I'm not going to go and invest in a town that has 3,000 people just because it has $150 in cash flow a door. It's just it, the, the risk is not worth the reward. The reward is not worth the risk. Sorry. Now, what's the ROI? Now, the ROI, the opportunity in the ROI is different. See, are they under-rented? Can I come in and can I renovate them and increase the rent and then ultimately refinance the property at the new price value and pull a lot of money out? See, if I can pull a lot of money out and leave only a little bit of money in, that will increase my ROI significantly, right? Because like, if I were to buy this thing 20% down or 25% down, I can see what my ROI is going to be. The revenue is fixed. There's the, re- the revenue. There is the rent. Here's the rent on the 20 properties. It's $1,000 each, $20,000 in rent every every month, $240,000 in rent every year. Here's my expenses. I can't really change the expenses, right? The property taxes are fixed. The utilities are fixed. Insurance is fixed. Mortgage payments, more or less, depending on how long you lock in the interest rates, are fixed, Right? I know what my ROI is going to be if I put a twenty percent, you know, down investment in on that. If I put a, a what would the what would the down payment be on that? Uh, four hundred thousand dollars. I put a four hundred thousand dollar down payment down. I know what my ROI is going to be. But if I can come in there and increase the rents, which will in turn increase the value of the property, which I can refinance at the new value at 80% of that, then I can pull a lot of my $400,000 out, which is going to lower my investment, which increases my return on investment, right? That might be an opportunity. I'm getting a good ROI on my money. I'm getting a good ROI on my investor's money. See, I can see the opportunity there, but just solely on cash flow because I'm amortizing them over 40 years. I don't know. Just that doesn't make any sense. I think there's better opportunities in real estate and other sectors. That's just my opinion on multifamily. To go and take a $100 course and do the mathematics yourself and figure it out. I like multifamily if there was more opportunities in it. But the big shiny object right now is that you can, is the financing opportunities. Because CMHC is offering these really amazing terms, you know, to be able to amortize it over 35, 40, 50 years. Um, if you, if you submit to their, uh, rent control obligations, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but just keep in mind that you have to fix your rent to whatever the average rent is in the area for a period of, I believe 10 years. So you have to agree to rent control, (laughs) which I personally, um, I like that Alberta doesn't have rent control. So I'm not going to agree to rent control just to get an amortization, which is longer, which is going to put more money in my pocket every month. Because on the sixth, seventh, and eighth year of that, you know, that term where I'm obligated to rent for whatever the province says and I'm, I, I can rent for, where's my cash flow then? Right? Anyways, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, do your own research, guys. Be critical thinkers. Listen to what I said today. Go listen to what other people say. Maybe go listen to what someone says about multifamily because they absolutely love multifamily. They'll tell you all the reasons to do it. I'll tell you the reasons what I think is is not to do it. But I think if there's opportunities, then I'll take them. But 
there's a reason why I'm not doing it. Um, there's a lot of people that are jumping on this new, <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I won't bring it up. Hey, um, let me put it this way. Just because people, uh, you know, across Canada have been investing for three years and they tell you to go and invest into multifamily in the U S it uh, doesn't mean that you should go and invest in the multifamily in the U S do your own research. Okay. There's a lot of people that are creating syndications in the U S and trying to pull money out of Canada and to buy buildings, you know, in the Southern States of U S and nobody knows what the hell's going on. They don't haven't done any research onto those markets whatsoever. They don't know anything about the U S they don't know anything about the interest rates there. They don't know anything about the tenant profiles. They don't know anything about the industry. And they're just like, here, take my money. This is really cool. I want to buy in Texas. Do your own research. For all those people that are telling you, hey, come on down to Belize and down to Mexico and everything else. I've been investing here for six months and it's great. Do your research. That's what I was just going to add is do your research beyond what's happening right now there. And what some plug who's been investing for two years says. Yeah. There might be amazing opportunity right now, but what has the past two, three decades looked like there? What have the cycles been? I don't know anything about Mexico real estate or Belize real estate or who, whatever, everything else is peddling right now. Everyone's peddling stuff in the, in, on the South because it looks, you know what it is? It's the new multifamily. Everyone's been talking about multifamily for years. I'm like, oh, come buy multifamily. Grant Cardone says buy lots of units. So great. Ooh, I bought a multifamily. I bought an apartment. Monopoly says that's right. I buy hotels next because that's what, the, that, that's what, I, that's what I'm supposed to do. And this person's going to take care of me. It's great opportunities. So now the new thing, the the new, you know, shiny romantic thing is, is investing south of us and everybody's doing it, but nobody knows what the fuck anything, nobody knows what the hell's going on, <laughs> right? I, 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 it bothers me. It bothers me to see influencers on Instagram who have been around for less than three years that people are throwing money to them saying, come and invest in private, you know, storage units and come and invest in Texas, come and invest in Ohio, come and invest in Belize. I've been watching these people. They don't know fucking shit. But because they're an influencer on Instagram, because they got over 5,000 followers, because they got some podcasts, suddenly they're worth listening to. It's scary. And it's scary, Gab, because of that article that's on the edge of my desk right there. You see that article? Mm-hmm. That Globe and Mail article? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of fucking people getting taken advantage of in the last 12 to 24 months. Yeah. It's insane. Our Saskatoon listeners, are you there? Ontario, are you there? Ottawa? Mississauga area, are you there? Do you know how many millions and millions and millions of fucking dollars are gone? Gone because people fucking followed a bunch of influencers on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Gone. These people all have less than three years of experience. Gone. Please do your own research. 
what's wrong with buying 10 rental properties in your city and managing them well? If you're not cut out for doing it yourself and going and flying down to Belize and learning all about it yourself, quitting your job and learning about it, just go buy 10 rental properties in a nice, safe city. Leave something behind for your kids. I'm so tired of hearing so many people losing money. If you're not cut out for it, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Just be honest with yourself. But don't hand it off to other people who don't know, like, that that, that are fooling you into thinking that they know what they're doing. I wasn't planning on going this, this route today, but it's, you see that article on my desk there. I printed that off. I sent it off to our, our master's mentees. Um, I, uh, Carlos, you can come on. Sorry, Carlos is calling here. We cannot hear you. You're like a faint whisper of a ghost. Can, can, in the comments, please, can anybody else hear him? Is it just us that can't? Can you hear me better? No, nobody can hear you. No, that's not good. Oh, yeah. uh, sorry, buddy. Oh, just, um, just get him to post it in the comments and, uh, and, um, yeah. we'll read it. I'm, um, just going through some of these questions and saving them for, uh, yeah. for later on and tomorrow. Yeah. I, um, I'm seeing from what we've seen over the last 12 months and all those tens of millions of dollars that, have, that are gone. Straight into bankruptcy. Straight into bankruptcy. I see the same thing happening to people investing money into markets they know nothing about. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Texas multifamily. I don't. But you know what I do know? Is that there are a lot of people peddling someone's product right now across Canada. I keep seeing more and more and more meetups to pump money out of Canada into these buildings that nobody knows anything about. So they're, they're going to these free masterminds and quote-unquote masterminds. And they're learning about this and learning about the powers of multifamily and come and spend, put your money over here. And they don't know anything about it. I certainly don't. And, and it could be argued that I could take the time to really learn, but this is, yeah, it's looking like a lot like an MLM. Yeah. And I'm seeing it grow. The pyramid is fucking growing. Yeah. I just watched on Instagram last night and some guy did a YouTube video as well. And I'm like, is he fucking doing it now too? MLMs in real estate. Yeah. What happens when it doesn't work? What happens when it doesn't work? Saskatoon, where are you at? How many hundreds of houses are sitting empty in Saskatoon and boarded up right now? Too many. Kyle. Says lots. He's there. Yeah. 
make a decision today. If, if, if you're the type of like, if you just want to build wealth, just buy 10 rental properties in a safe market, turnkey, good cash flow that will cover the, the, the expenses that will cover the repairs and maintenance that will cover vacancy and maybe property management. Interest rates are going up. I understand. And rents haven't, haven't followed suit yet. So in a lot of, a lot of property types and a lot of markets, it's hard to get property management in there as well. I saw a few people in our master's mentorship group uh, yesterday talking about running numbers and they're like, it's all negative cash flow. I go, I know it's the interest rates are too high. So you're probably not going to get everything of what you want right now. But at least buy properties that just have a little bit of cash flow, a little bit of cushion, so you can ride out the storm of any of any cycle. Buy them turnkey, rent them for ten years, sell them while they're still relevant. Buy ten more, turnkey, brand new. Just keep it simple. If you're the type of person that says no, I'm the one that's going to build the biggest, baddest hotel and. I'm going to go big and I'm going to do all this and I'm going to make this. I've got this great idea for this business. It's going to make me lots of money. Then go for it. That's you. I support the shit out of you. And that's the type of person that should be leaving their job. But I don't want people, you know, pumping all their money and all their investors money into some, you know, dream that's just is not for them. I hope that I haven't offended anyone today. And if I have, then I hope that I offended you in the right direction. Every day I do a podcast, I'm trying to trying to outdo myself. I'm trying to make, I'll say like, this is the most valuable one I've ever made. Now, today is like, t- today is like, okay, this is definitely the most valuable one. I should put an asterisk beside each one and almost like build a little catalog for anyone who's new to real estate investing and then hand them the seven most important podcasts to yeah. give them all of, you know, what they need to know. Because the sooner you make- a punch this, in the face, a little bit of motivation. <laughs> honesty. Honesty, yeah. Because the sooner that you come to, to to the to a decision, the sooner you can start moving forward. Don't be a fucking floater. Figure it out, make a decision, and move forward. Whatever forward that is for you. Wayne, how come you don't have a hundred properties? Because I don't want fucking a hundred properties. Why in God's name would I want a hundred properties? Because my rental portfolio provides me wealth. It's building wealth for me. It is not increasing the quality of my life. Rental properties are not increasing the quality of my life. They are decreasing the quality of my life. They are decreasing the quality of my life. And there is not enough cash flow in them to increase the quality of my life. So I have them out of necessity to build wealth for my family and for me in the future. My businesses increase the quality of my life for multiple reasons. They fulfill me because I love growing. I love building. I love building businesses. It's fun. I love proving people wrong. I love doing things that other people have never done before. That excites me. It fulfills that. scares the shit out of me too. But more fulfillment than than scaring, than fear. And it also provides me active income so that I can live the lifestyle that I want to live. To do the things that I want to do and contribute like I do every morning on the podcast. 
right? I have the right, the ability to stay inside for weeks on end because <laughs> I don't want to go outside. Like I was saying earlier in the show, I don't have to leave. I got to go get a haircut. But otherwise, I run my businesses from my house. I don't have to leave the house. It's just great in Edmonton, an area. It's cold. I was just thinking about like, man, do you th- Gab, do you think I can do you think I can make it the whole winter without leaving the house? I know no. it sounds really bad, but like, do you think I can make it the whole winter without leaving the house? No. Oh, right. We have a meetup. That's why. Because this Saturday, we've got our fixed flip bus <laughs> tour. I have to leave the house. Don't worry. I'll shower. Um, <laughs> but the following Saturday, we're doing a boot camp live on uh, on Zoom. So anyways, but I have that ability. I created that, right? Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so Carlos did um, put in the comments what he wanted to call in and say. <clears throat> He said that people often ask me, are you financially free? And I always tell people, I'm keeping my job until the banks stop giving me mortgages. But at the end of the day, the Kiyosaki approach is a dangerous one. Retiring once your cash flow exceeds your expenses means you're living paycheck to paycheck in a risky world. It sells books and it sells courses. He also says, right now I could quit my job, but it would cost my business all its future growth. I don't plan to leave my job until my business can afford to pay me three times my salary. That's why I have cash flow for me and growth for the business. Yeah. That's great. Also, really great comment here from Carlos as well. He says, there is a great divide. By yourself, you can manage 10 to 20 properties. After that, you need 80 doors to afford a full-time manager and maintenance guy. So unless you're going to commit to getting 80, stick to 10 to 20. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Because if you do own the 10 to 20 and you're hiring a property manager, you're especially right now, probably deep in the negative. Mm -hmm. You would need an insane amount of cash flow to be able to afford that. And it doesn't exist right now. It barely existed when interest rates were low. Yeah. In most markets. 100%. There was a question earlier that I want to kind of answer because I don't know how I'll bring it up again uh, another day. Uh, Tammy asked, why sell after 20 years versus maintaining it? Um, what I would recommend doing is give the cliffs notes because <laughs> um, you can get deep into a rabbit hole here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm just a little congested right now. If, if, um, um, so there are a lot of big ticket items on a, on a property that need to be replaced, repaired and replaced. And, um, one of those is like, some of those are like the furnace, the roof, the windows, the hot water tank, um, And then just over time, if you bought a brand new property today, here's a better example. Go and um, go walk into a house that's for sale that was built in 2005 and have a look at it and tell me if you think it looks beautiful. The kitchen is dated. It's all chrome handles. The flooring does not look as good as it, like, it's not that the flooring's old, it's that the flooring is dated. That style is dated. Maybe it's still laminate. So when you've got beige, yucky beige paint. Mm -hmm. And, and probably it needs to be replaced. The walls need to be painted. The kitchen needs to be replaced um, because there's dings in it, stuff like that. So if you were to buy something turnkey today, brand new and sell it in 10 years, it would still be relevant. The kitchen would still be new ish as far as like style, 
the flooring would, style would still be relevant. You know what I mean? The paint color would still be relevant. You can sell it and get top dollar for it. But if you wait until the 20th year, then everything is older. You're not going to get top dollar for it. It's not going to be as desirable. You're either going to need to update it or to drop your price. And that's so, you know, why not maintain it was the question. You can continue to keep it, but all of those things need to be replaced. Flooring, kitchen, baseboards, windows, roof, furnace, hot water tank two or three times, <laughs> right? A lot of that stuff's going to need to be replaced multiple times, right? But if you can sell it when they're all still at reasonable value, you can get the full value out of it and then just buy a brand new one again. It's kind of why like with our Tacomas, we used to buy Tacomas and I'd sell them every two and a half years. When the tires are getting old, when the brake pads are getting old, when the warranty's just about gone, when the windshield's a little bit cracked, um, but it still looks new. And I would always get top dollar for my Tacoma when I traded it in every two and a half years. I get the most value out of it. If I waited another four years, the value of it would have dropped. If you keep it, you're gonna you're gonna start seeing all of that maintenance. It's kind of like keeping a vehicle. Brake pads, sensors, um, fuel injection cleaning. I mean, just like all these things start to go because they have a life on them. I like to sell it right before when you can still get value for it. That's my thought process on it. Now you are going to pay realtor fees, but ultimately I just, I like it better. And then it's newer and people take pride in it. You know what I mean? Okay. That was my Cliff's Note version. Garrett, I just screenshotted your comment. I don't have the audio to back it, but I will. Garrett says, like keeping a wife. Don't tell her, please. <laughs> Did he just, I, I didn't hear what she said, but was he talking about trading in the wife every 10 years <laughs> before she starts getting problems? Needing to maintain her. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh. see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.